Dr. Nimrod Mbili is an academic, a successful businessman who has a talent to simplify business and make it relevant beyond the boardroom. Catch Dr. Nimrod Mbili live and Beyond Governance Tuesdays at 6 p.m. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbili. Welcome back. It is now 22 to 7 o'clock and I'm joined uh, in studio by uh, Justice Indaba, who is an executive at Knowledge, Knowledge Anchors Group. Uh, before we get into justice, a quick reflection. Uh, for those who have just joined us, I had a conversation with Unatim Tomri, who is the lecturer um, at Davins Institute uh, Teaching Ethics. And the, the gist of our conversation really was around uh, the 10 island strategy of ESCOM amidst the the, the, the load shedding and we have picked up that on average to date we have lost close to 38 billion rands as a result of, 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 of uh, load shedding and, and as I said earlier yes those are some of the unfortunate incidences moving forward how do we put together thought leaders uh, that will, will bring about a coherent turnaround strategy for ESCOM uh, the second leg of our conversation I'm going to be joined by Justice Naba as I've earlier alluded to Justice um, you know Unachi made reference to a number of critical points um, around the turnaround strategy um, you being a turnaround strategy specialist um, what would be the salient points that ESCOM needs to embrace uh, for the load shedding, well, for, for a complete turnaround to take place to a point where there's confidence, uh, in the leadership. Hi, Doc. How are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I, I, I listened to you quite, quite, uh, uh, carefully and I also listened to the guest. But I think at this at the point that we are at uh, uh, with the ESCOM situation, um, I mean, we many of us have come to a point where we, we have become whiners per se, you know. So I'm glad that you've asked the question that you've asked. In fact, I've made many uh, some notes that if you allow me at some point, um, I should just go through you through them so that I share some of the thoughts that I have which are quite specific in terms of 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 what I think must be done but maybe from a formal and academic turnaround uh, process point of view I have I have about four or five areas that I think are pillars that are, they they should look at which I've touched before I think for instance there's a maintenance pillar in the maintenance pillar uh, whatever we say about ESCOM, what is the fact? The fact is we know that they have aging uh, infrastructure. infrastructure. That is a fact. Whether it's weak leadership or whatever, but the fact of the matter is that they have aging infrastructure, they have aging power stations, uh, and at the moment one of their key problems is, 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 is what? Is tubes that are clocked, is uh, 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 availability factor is is, is reducing. I mean, with their on an availability availability factor of less than seventy percent as we speak, and this should be at about uh, above eighty percent to eighty to ninety five percent availability factor. You know, so 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 that in itself is a huge gap. So that's a, that's one area of turnaround. So to and we know that on a Strategic point of view, as the minister and the CEO, I think, said today, 
uh, over a number of years, they've invested less and less in, in maintenance, and the financial statements show that, that they have been on a declining um, level in terms of reinvesting in maintenance. So while the, the equipment was, 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 was aging, the investment in it also <laughs> was reducing. So that is a factor. So that is one area that I think in turnaround has to be arrested. And I have a suggestion as to what must happen. You know, so the second pillar for me is obviously the revenue collection side. The revenue collection side, this includes, uh, us citizens, uh, entities like municipalities. Um, so, and, and some of those are quite difficult in the sense that while it is easy in other areas of private, like our households and so on, in other areas there's serious uh, difficulties around revenue collection. So that's an area that must be honed in and we look at how they can be assisted th- that uh, that revenue can be turned around in terms of making sure that there's sufficient revenues coming into ESCO. From private citizens, uh, especially our rural and, 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 and township areas, from municipalities, uh, which are some of them are very poor municipalities. So all of that is in, in other words, there has to be a turnaround and a, a, a situation where uh, we now begin to address that directly so that we can isolate uh, the poorest of the poor. We have programs for them. Uh, those that can afford to pay, we have programs. How do they pay back? Those that, uh, for instance, have loans that are quite huge, okay, let's acknowledge um, the loan, but how do you begin to pay back? You know, so, so things like that. The second part, the third pillar for me is procurement. Um, and procurement part is, is, is one of the difficulties that they face. One, from the legislative point of view, uh, in the sense that given the situation that they're at, they have to procure a lot of parts for these boilers, for, for these tubes, for, for, for many of the uh, machineries that they have. And given that there's, it, it, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a delay uh, that, that in terms of purchasing one, obviously they have uh, challenges around funding, right? In order to purchase this fund. So there has to be intervention there. How they assisted to, to ensure that their parts are available quickly and they are purchased quickly. And also, how do we allow within the legal framework of PFMA and so on, allow them to fast track? Because, uh, uh, while they are in this emergent situation, they still are required to go through very cumbersome processes of of acquiring these parts. They have to advertise, they have to go to tender, they, you know, all of these things are quite critical. So if you're in a, in a turnaround situation, you need that to be available quite quickly. So there has to be, within the legal framework, how they assist us in turnarounding that. And secondly is the operational side. And I support that. That pillar of operational, in other words, improving efficiencies around, that's where the, the availability also factor comes in, in the sense that uh, operationally we have to look, go back into, uh, and I, I, I also mentioned earlier that one of the challenges that we, we have to look at is the water side, the coal quality, all of those things have to looked at. Because remember, I, when last I was here, I indicated that some of the qualities of coal that they have brought, I mean, the, the challenges of the tube, of the tubes, the clogging came from the water qualities, came from the coal qualities. So 
those are areas that we they need to go in. And of course, the last one, which is leadership and managerial skills and technical skills. Uh, there's two parts. On the leadership side, I've indicated before, I'm a proponent of stability there. We cannot afford any more to destabilize that portion in terms of the leadership side, even if we're unhappy with that, in the sense that we have, if we want to turn around, we need stability to maintain the leadership. But we also need to go and uh, assist them on the managerial and technical skills side where at this moment, there's a, there's a, because of the overstaffing, there's a issue of, uh, frozen posts. Okay? So, meaning that we, they, we need to, uh, uh they, we need to review, they need to review that aspect as to who, how can they be allowed to begin to recruit critical areas and critical skills? Why at the same time trying to manage the attrition? Because they are in that dilemma of trying to manage the, the headcount, but at the same time, uh, they need these skills. You know, so if, if those are the five pillars, I think I've mentioned five, that I think on a turnaround level, if we hone in into those, then uh, you'll see why then it makes sense to suggest the things that I th- I'm, I'm suggesting that, that I want I want to come up with. Yeah. Look, I agree with you, Justice, uh, on on uh, a number of those um, what you refer to as uh, you know uh, turnaround pillars. Mm. Um, but be that as it may, one cannot shed off the the this this anxiety, um, you know, around, for example. Uh, the maintenance, uh, mm. which you has acknowledged that, you know, the ESCOM has been operating dilapidated or, or aging infrastructure. Mm. Surely, surely that has always been an issue. We did not wake up yesterday, you know, that we had, you know, uh, an aging infrastructure. There should have been, uh, given the stature, given the, 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 the acumen that sits at the board, as well as the, you know, shareholder level, we should have anticipated the fact that we are operating aging infrastructure and have a turnaround plan for that. I, I, you know, I find it very difficult um, that South Africans uh, can contend with the fact that we've got low shedding, despite the fact that we had men and women of high caliber operating at that level and and failing to 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 uh, you know, all, all, you imagine if you're sitting at risk. Uh, you are you, you you oversee the risk portfolio of ESCOM, and in your tenure as a board member or chairperson of that particular community committee, over four five year period, you've allowed infrastructure to decay. You have allowed uh, uh, insignificant allocation of resources towards maintenance. What does that say about the quality of people that you have? But the, uh, uh, with all due respect, Doc, the, let's not forget, uh, let's suppose me and you are appointed on the uh, ESCOM uh, 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 board now, right? And let's suppose it is February last year because this current board comes le- February last year. What do we do? So effectively, they, they've been in, in there for 13, 14 months, right? And obviously, they are paid a lot of money and so on. But Practically, what are the kinds of things that you do? Obviously, when you come in as a board, you are inheriting certain things. So many of the things that they are facing are things that they inherit. So typically, what you come in as an executive, however qualified you are, you come in and try and study everything. You study the the, 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 the books, you study 
technical reports, you study all sorts of, which I, I suppose is what they did. So within the 12 months, many of these problems escalated because, for instance, we, we know that just before they came, there were, they, 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 they were starting to be problems. But what they said today is that some of the problems, uh, given the reports that they saw, escalated faster than they thought. Okay, so and we know that in the last six months, at least from September, uh, 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 more task team after task team after task team were put in place because they were beginning to be. In. So it's not that there was something that there was nothing that was happening. So there were all of these task teams which by themselves were concerned because we are saying. How do we appoint so many testing when you have a board in place? So the board has not been stable in itself because of the concern. So in terms of mitigating of the risks, that's why you've had all of these testing. That's why even the report of, 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 of the uh, rating agencies was positive in the sense that they evaluated what are the actions that are being done, irrespective of the fact that we're in a dire situation. But they looked at that and they said, on the basis of this, we can see that you are in a position to try to arrest the situation. So within a year, we know that where we are. But what we, we know, we know as a fact is that we are in a dire situation. We are in a, an emergency situation, which I suggest, uh, requires all South Africans, uh, over and above ESCOM. For instance, why is it that as, let's say the, the problem of maintenance, uh, private companies, I would suggest, I worked for manufacturing, I worked for mining businesses. Uh, in my days, um, the mining companies and uh, would collaborate with government. Why is it that at this juncture we cannot get major companies that can make their... Uh, one of the problems ESCOM faces now is the specialist boilers. Boiler makers, right? Which, which are, because some of these tubes have to be welded so finely, so difficulty. They, one, so ma- some of these major companies, they do have such skills. So given that we are in a, this should be a national crisis, right? If it is a national crisis, major companies can combine and confirm databases and make these technical skills and artisan, artisanal uh, skills available for ESCOM to utilize, especially boilermakers. I know boilermakers, one, is a huge problem there, where it's going to be difficult for for ESCOM to try and recruit. So some of these major companies can make the, these boilermakers available. The other section is we need to also seriously evaluate on the chemistry side, the, the, the quality of the water, meaning that some of these companies have these capacities. So, so we need all hands of the, on deck of South Africans to come and say, look, we, assess, we this is how we can assist because it's a national emergency. So that is why my approach is, is rather to say, look, given we South Africans are famous for, 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 for confronting big problems, right? This is a big problem, the biggest we've faced in a long time in actual fact, meaning that Everybody should be, rather than sitting on the fence and looking across at ESCOM, making these things available to say this is what we can do to assist. Like I'm saying, they, they face some, obviously there's no one particular problem at ESCOM. Many of them are many, but there are certain problems that we can assist and come on board and say, look, this is what we can make available. Because the, why the quality of water? We know the, the water that is coming into the pipe, why is it that we suddenly these pipes are clogging so much? other than the water, 
Okay, we know, so there, there could be evalu- evaluations that are done there. And then there's issues of, of these troops. These troops are clocking. And then, oh, then we have issues of coal supplies. So if it is a national crisis, why sh- can't we have a summit of coal suppliers, private coal suppliers now and say, okay, coal suppliers, we have this problem of, of, of did you see today they, tra- they were oh, close to 800 trucks uh, up and down uh, from Majuba and that? You know, so it's not practical to track all of this coal across, right? Meaning that we have to have that conversation with coal suppliers to say, let's look into some of the export coal that you are sending out and maybe you begin to apportion some of the, that coal back into ESCOM so that they could go mix it so that when it goes into the pile, it, 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 it's diluted and the quality is, is, so those are the practical things that should be assisted. And ESCOM needs assistance in this regard, I think. Look, I mean, I agree with you uh, on a number of um, utterances and uh, uh, perhaps maybe one of the things that I, I, I share with you as one, um, you know, precondition for a turnaround, um, which which is about, you know, leadership stability. Uh, you know, there's a positive correlation between a successful turnaround and leadership stability. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Uh, for an example, I mean, and now of late I've been exposed to, uh, education sector. When you look at the education sector, um, it is probably the most stable, uh, sector in the country. They've had one minister, one DG, and, 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 and very few changes at HUD level. So, that accounts for the traction which education has received. When you juxtapose the leadership instability between education and energy, you begin to realize that yeah. over the past 10 years, exactly. how many ministers did we have? Exactly. How many CEOs did we have? Exactly. How many boards did we have? Yeah. From that end, I agree with you that mm. one of the critical um, you know, preconditions for any successful turnaround is leadership stability across the level. Okay, but one of the things that I don't agree with Ndaba, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, all these issues that you, that you made reference to, which in my view boils down to leadership, the quality of leadership that you bring on board. And I don't think there's that kind of reflection at an executive level to an extent that there's an appreciation of, of the kind of people that were brought into the space to manage. You know, the, the, the entire system that we are where we are purely because in some instances we did not get the right people for the right jobs. Well, I disagree with that. Okay. The reason I do is because I've read their reports. And also, really, if you say that, um, perhaps you need to be exposed to the extent of the malfeasance in the system. Because this malfeasance has, look, just recently, um, ESCOM found over 4,000 companies which were solely reliant on were created just to be dependent on ESCOM. So, and, and, and it, so many of these companies needed some of these things to continue to happen so that they continue to survive. And this current board reviewed and already they are taking about a thousand of those 4,000 out because because really in their interest, once you resolve some things, then the company cannot continue. So, and, and they are, the ESCOM is their sole sub, uh, 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 customer, for instance. So, and, and some of these were owned or part owned or, you know, by some of the people that are senior internally and so on. So it, it went to that extent that at the power station levels, at the, everywhere else, you had all of these interests. 
which were deep. So if you are at a leadership level and you come, you are try, you're trying to clean up, what happens? Well, unfortunately, no, we're going to have to leave it there. <laughs> we have run out of time, and I've just noted that we have had a couple of SMSs. Uh, thank you very much for, for those inputs. One coming from uh, Rodney, and it goes as follows. Excellent program of I have a solution uh, of raising money. Uh, quickly, simply introduce self-tax. Uh, <laughs> salt tax, uh, and uh, if you increase the salt tax, I suppose when you increase salt tax, the same way you've increased sugar tax, the <laughs> revenue goes up. And the other one, uh, it's from Mark. He says, "Great program and a great guest telling like it is, uh, not beating around the bush." Thank you very much. It has been absolute pleasure for those kinds of contributions, which are duly uh, appre- uh, noted and appreciated. Until we meet again, Daba, your party short. My parting shot, I was going to propose that we need to, that's radical, of course, to, 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 to start a growth fund. Uh, this growth fund, major companies can contribute at, and the government could then come up with maybe match them at 50 cents per rent, and this could raise easily 20 billion rents, and the companies can get um, rebates of rebates sorts. of sorts from taxes. So well, here we go. That was a brilliant idea, and I'm sure somebody who's listening <laughs> can take us on that particular offer. It has been an absolute pleasure. Have a good one.